0: Hi everyone, this is Jen Fry, Visioning Council member for the Organizations of Nature Evolutionaries. And I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, This is our Becoming a Nature Evolutionary Teleseminar series, where we delve deeply into what it means to be a nature evolutionary through dynamic explorations into raising, um, into consciousness raising that is at the core of one's vision of a world where people and nature are co-creative partners, and all life has the right to thrive. I want to thank our members and donors who are making today's teleseminar possible. and, um, And I want to, again, welcome you to today's teleseminar, Healing and Evolving with Plant and Gem Essences with David Dalton. So David is the founder of Delta Gardens, which has been dedicated to flower essence production, research, clinical practice, and education since the mid 1980s. I first learned about David, I would say probably about 14, maybe 15 years ago, um, through Kate Gilday, actually, who we've had on our series before, and um, and I heard that he was doing remarkable things with Lyme disease. So I would go on to David's website and check him out and my shopping cart would be a little full. And so I would not buy a single thing and I'd get overwhelmed and leave. And I did that dance for years until finally in 2010, he was offering um, a practitioner with with Kate Gilday. And so I got to study with David and Kate and he completely changed my life. And ever since then, I've been so excited anytime I get to have a time to learn from him or hear from him. Um, So I'm glad that you get to join us today and witness and witness his magic and wisdom um David also besides uh his work at delta gardens he has the book he's the author of stars the meadow which is a really beautiful book on flower essences and um through his work he has realized two important truths one is that partnership with nature is essential in creating high quality essences In addition to affecting the mind and the emotions, flower essences can have a profound effect on the health of the body. So my great pleasure to welcome you, David. Thank you for being here today.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Mm.
0: So how about we start, David? You want to explain what flower essences are for our listeners in case there are some who don't know what they are or gem essences?
1: I think this definition will likely change over the years and the decades as we change. I think when Dr. Bach made an essence a flower essence was something that could alter the personality and in addition affect the physical body, improve the health of the physical body. His great contribution was that it was The soul purpose, the purpose of the soul comes into the world for something and the personality takes it in a different direction. And the tension between those two things is what causes illness. I think it's good to begin any talk about what a flower essence is with Dr. Bach's work because I don't think people understood what he meant back then. The personality, one time I said to someone he said, what do you think is the cause of illness? I said, the personality. And she laughed, the personality. That's the thing that you write in the yearbook. You have a good one or a bad one. <laughs> the personality and the ego and this assembly of things that we put together is, that we call ourselves, is not always aligned with the sole purpose. And so that tension is... So what a flower essence is to, to Bach was something that helped put the... The personality and the soul purpose together. So a flower essence um, is an agent. It's something that we're able to capture, and capture is a good word. Something that lives in another dimension, and we can bring it into this dimension. That whole process of, you know, sun infusion is something that takes a vibration. So if we look at a flower and we don't think like vibration. We think, oh, pretty. Not pretty, smells good, doesn't smell good. But each one of these has a capacity to align with some part of the human psyche. And so some of them, you know, uplift and some of them release and some of them bring things up in us that we don't want to see. So I'd just say a flower essence is simple as possible. I've seen so many definitions, and they're all right and they're all wrong. It's an agent, it's something that comes to us in. We can put it in a form, which is great. And we can take it, you know, put it in a bottle and take the drops and we can feel its effect. Remember when I was in Uganda, I had a, I did a flower adventure journey in Uganda looking for Uganda flower essences. And I had a driver named Leopold. And he said to me, David, how you know that there's something in there when I explained what these things were. And I said, well, you don't until you take one and you feel and you observe and you notice and you kind of keep track of, do a little research on what's what the change is. You see that they are agents for change and the change, this, one of the things they teach us is the alignment of certain parts of the psyche with the change process. Anyway, that's a lot about what is a flower essence? And I hope it's not too obtuse. No. Little things in a bottle that make you feel a certain way.
0: Right. Well, and just for clarity's sake, there's not actually any physical substance of the flower in the flower essence, correct? Like on the dosage bottle.
1: There may be traces that we can't detect with instruments that detect physical things. But even the word "physical" kind of changes when you start making a flower. There is a little bit of the substance, of course. You know, from the interaction of the sun and the water, that it gets transmitted. But, but the microscopic amounts um, make us say that there's no physical substance. But there, there's sometimes something. Right. There's something right. on the physical level.
0: Right. Thank you, Dave. Right. Um, So how do you know uh, how to work with it? What an essence is good for or what a certain flower is good for?
1: That's a really good question. That's probably the fundamental question that we've kind of considered um, for years. Dr. Bach had a gift, which was also called a curse of being, holding a flower and going through the negative part of what it would address. Um, And he, you know, died in his fifties. Some people say it was the stress of, you know, producing the essences and other people say it's other things, but. So the investigation process starts with um, some observation. You look at all of the different parts of the flower and how it grows. what it might do herbally and where it grows and the structure and the number of petals we look at all of those things and they give us clues we also use our intuition we have you know three two or three people on the staff that are highly intuitive and we all kind of compare and we get a preliminary sense of what it might do and then We start giving it to people, we start taking it and we start giving it to people and we see how the results kind of match with what we've discovered and sometimes we change it slightly, sometimes we expand it a little bit more. And uh, then there are also some kind of shamanic practices that we use, we use dream time and uh, journey and we always pick up things that are way beyond what we've noticed. um, In those places so that's. Generally, how? Mm-hmm.
0: So how did you uh, end up on this path with flower essences?
1: Um, all, kind of like uh, by mistake. You know, my life was going like this. And I was, um, I had a very busy consulting practice doing organizational development. And I was raising a family. I have three kids in the house. And... Um, And I started a a garden, a very large garden in between backyards. I found about a quarter acre and just got bit with this need to grow things. And and as I was doing that, I was learning about flower essences. There were, Perilandra was just kind of coming onto the scene. Flower Essence Society was just becoming more public and, and marketing and offering classes. So um, a couple of things happened, and one was uh, I started hearing um, sounds and voices when I would go near certain plants, and so sometimes it would be music, and sometimes it would be something like a radio station that wasn't quite on, and sometimes there there was some very audible words as if there was somebody right next to me um, saying so. So those were a little bit disturbing and uh, I made the mistake of telling my ex-wife you know what was going on and she told me that I needed to see a shrink. And that kind of came to a head one night when I was lying in bed and I woke up from a dream and saw a blackberry bush filled with flowers and a voice said to me, go out and make the essence under the moon was a full moon in June. One of the names of that moon is the, the blackberry moon. So I went up and made the essence and came in. And my, my wife was, my ex-wife, she's there, arms crossed, like you see in some of the cartoons when the guys come home late from the bar room. And she wanted to know where I was. And I told her, you know, and she said, well, this is the last time you use an excuse like that and if you don't get some help, you know, well, our marriage is over. So I went and got some help. And I happened to have a shrink that was also uh, a member of the Horticultural Society. And he was more curious about what kind of information I was getting from the plants. So I had a little notebook then. And so I said, well, here's an example. And I said, this plant here, you know, I'm gonna show a picture of the flower. It says, hookera hookera. And I said, that's all it says. And he says, hang on a second. And he looked at the flower and he said, he said, You're not spelling it right. It's H-E-U-C-H-A-R-F, and that's the Latin name of the flower. And you need to go underground with this information you're getting because people, most people don't understand it. So that that was kind of one kind of way I got inched in that direction. And the other thing was during that time, one of my daughters, who was three at the time, had uh, an incurable eczema in her crooks of her arms and her elbows and behind her knees and it would flare up when the seasons changed and we tried uh, homeopathy and we tried allergy testing and we tried cortisone and we tried everything and diet nothing worked and so I found um a, a book called flower essences and vibrational remedies and it was a channeled book So there was all kinds of information in this book, which I've probably read, you know, dozens of times. I couldn't put the book down. So I picked out three essences that were for eczema, ordered them from Pegasus Products, which was the third kind of, it was Paralandra on the East Coast. And then there was, you know, FES on the West Coast. And then um, Pegasus Products was, you know, somewhere in Arizona, Nevada, somewhere down there. Anyway, I ordered them and long story short, the eczema went away, It went away in six days. It was pussy and red and weepy and and then it turned to a pink and then it never came back. And so I got on the flower essence train at that point because I didn't really care so much about changing the personality, but if I could do something that would affect, you know, something so physical and nasty is a rash and I was on. So since then, the direction of my work, which I think distinguishes it a little bit from other practitioners is that I have a real strong interest in physical, all kinds of things, all kinds of physical. And that's kind of the direction that uh, things have gone in. So, um, the
0: story with your daughter just makes me has brings up another question because so often when people are talking about flower essences they talk about the subtlety of them and that you know you might so one you said that we can see the change we can see a reaction from an essence Um, and here you saw a really large change in your daughter Um, and so how do you feel about that with essences I mean often often when I hear people describing them it is like oh, they're so subtle that you might never know anything. You might not notice anything and there's no harm in taking an essence. The worst thing that'll happen is that you won't feel, you won't feel something.
1: Um, not entirely true in my experience. I mean, there are different levels of sensitivity out there. You know, you have a bunch of people and there'll be some who are very dense and don't feel things unless you hit them on the head no, really. There's a lot of people that don't even notice their physical body until it feels pain. Mm-hmm. And those people, you might use the word subtle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then there are very, very sensitive people that if you they walk in a room and somebody has a cold, you know, they'll start sniffling. Um, so, so for very sensitive people, these can be like a sledgehammer. Um, we do a um, a flower essence transmission that we call PET where you know, person takes the essences, or if they're not in the same area, we you know transmit them, and um, people have incredible experiences. You know, just like physical, they feel physical things, mental, emotional things, and occasionally, I would say maybe one out of a hundred people. I say, did you feel anything? And they'll go like, no, and it's like. <laughs> And I go, that's almost impossible, but, you know, there are some people, you know, we have strong mental bodies that kind of control our reality, control how we feel. And there are some people that don't want to feel anything. I don't think, I don't think so. Subtle is a good word. You know, it's a good word that helps people not be afraid. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: So if somebody, um, hasn't experienced flower essences, what would you suggest for a good introduction?
1: Well, it depends on, it depends on them. You know, it depends on what's, whatever is bothering you the most, whatever the biggest stress is in you, whatever makes you feel the most pain, take an essence for that. You know, I could say like take borage, everybody, you know, feels an uplift from borage and that's nice. But when people feel some relief, either from physical pain, anxiety, you know, stress of some kind in their life, you know, over, you know, analyzing everything, overthinking, not being able to relax, essences, those kind of essences, you know, that throw a little crowbar in the mechanism, you know, just give some relief. So whatever would give the most relief that person with their issues i'd say okay. that could be that that could you know there's dozens that kind of line up
0: can you overdo it with an essence
1: i think so i think you can do too many mm-hmm. um when we give a combination usually there's no more than five and those five essences Usually, all directed towards the same thing. So, you know, somebody um, has some emotional pain. We, we put something in there for that, and maybe what's in the emotional body needs to come up. We might put something for that, but we might also put a protection essence and a calming essence, a st- stabilizing essence. You know, just so that the so the um, experience is more able to be integrated.
0: So this story, or not—it's not a story, but your experience with the garden—that was a, that was quite some time ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm curious between that time and now, you've developed you know a pretty large clinical practice, um, and your and a flower essence business. Um, and so, what have you? what wouldn't what have you seen what have you witnessed in that time period changes in essences changes in working with them you know yeah the good yeah. stuff david
1: changes in yourself changes right in- well sometimes i look at i look around at you know our offices and essences and i, I wonder like how did this all happen you know i had no intention at first my, um, you know, my feeling is like somebody threw me down a flight of stairs, and then here I am. You know, when I heard, however, when I heard about flower essences, it was, it was see those cartoons where someone puts a trash can over somebody and hits it, and then they take it out, and the person's shaking like that. Yeah. Well, that's how it was for me. It was the first time in my life that I felt like, oh. This is something I'd really like to do. So what's changed is I can remember starting off with, I don't know, eight essences that I had made, 12 essences that I called the emergence kit and I brought them to California when I did the the FES training in 90 or 91. That was all I had. And I relied on the Bach essences and FES essences and then slowly built and um, so as I as I built, more happens. More happens. I guess that's how I can say. You know, the more that you put into this, the more it comes to you to do. And so there were different types of essences, different um, different um, essences for different things, different things. So somewhere along the way when you see and work with so many essences you start seeing patterns and and one of the great things for me was uh, starting to see things like well all lilies have six petals chakra two has six petals chakra two is connected to the emotional body to the pelvic area when i looked at all of the lilies that were offered from all of the companies they were they were all related to one of those things one of those things and so so um i remember then developing a set of lilies you know which i knew beforehand would be for had something to do with the emotional body with chakra too and so so then then kind of the work began to be more um more targeted, you know, to different things. So if someone had pelvic issues, you know, I would draw on those essences. And um, then it was the same with other things like daisies, you go up a chakra and, and daisies are all for integration and for identity. Um, the other thing that happened is in my, I, I think, having a clinical practice, you know, and so Seeing twenty or so people a week, year after year, month after month, year after year, you know. So I kind of calculated that I've done close to forty thousand flower essence sessions. Wow. Um, you start seeing relationships between uh, the emotional and the physical. So instead of you know box paradigm, mm-hmm. you know, which was all about soul purpose, you could actually see, you know. Mm. The relationship in a flower between the physical body and the emotions. Yeah, so for, so for instance, you know I, I started seeing that uh, so blackberry lily is one of the early essences we made, and so if there's been some um, physical or sexual abuse in the past, then that essence almost always comes up. So if somebody, and there's usually some kind of pelvic disturbances. So I began seeing like, okay, there's a pelvic disturbance and there's there's something from the past. And then there's something in the personality. And so I guess, I guess I'd just say I've gotten better you know, at, you know, at, at seeing um, seeing what's underneath, seeing what's underneath it. This, this work will never be like, um, well, what do you have? Be, People still ask, what do you have for, you know, arthritis? What do you have for you know, I have um, gas? You know, the, the picture just gets bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: So can you say more about that? Because um, that is a common thing of people wanting to go to flower essences, kind of like going to aspirin for a headache. Um,
1: yeah, it just doesn't, it just, whatever is wrong, isn't the thing that's wrong that's a, that's good, so I should write that down, whatever is wrong isn't the thing that's wrong. There is something wrong in the present, and that thing that's wrong if it's come to the surface has, has been underneath for a long time. And, um, I would say, you know, about 80% of the people that come, we find some trauma in the past that's you know, underneath things, whether it's anxiety or a physical symptom, mm-hmm. it can be as simple as like, uh, you know, somebody somebody was um, um, smothered, you know, when they were little, and they have trouble, you know, they have claustrophobia in the present, and they want something for claustrophobia, but it's really a release of the uh, of the trauma that's needed, mm-hmm. and one. Client and she actually she um, she could not put a seatbelt on. She could not um, wear heavy clothes. She could not um, no blankets on top of her. And so so when we looked in her past and you know I did a dowsing and found you know it looks like age one. What happened to age one and you know she remembered this. Um, party, when she, after she was born, parents, parents had a party, you know, because, well, she had a new baby. And she was in a crib and her sister, not knowing she was in the crib, piled all of these coats on top of her. And um, a couple hours later, they found her blue. She was blue, needed oxygen. They thought she was dead. They resuscitated her. So that little story um, is kind of the core of all, all these other things that you could call. Well, let's see. What do you have for? You know, being too hot at night. Thermostat had to be off. So.
0: Yeah. Well, and I remember that story. I share that one often, actually, because it's such a profound story. But it also really shows how um, here was a situation that was unconscious in her. Right. It wasn't. She right. wasn't like she was often when we think about trauma, we think about the things that we remember. Um, and and so this, this situation had a really big impact on her.
1: Um, yes, right. Yeah. So yeah, everybody has a story and that story produces a personality. And the personality has learned to survive and get things for satisfaction mm-hmm. and the tricky thing is that growth usually means letting go of something in the personality, mm-hmm. letting go of some of our darkness.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. I like that one. I don't think of that normally. Normally we think of growth as just more and more and more, but we do have to let go in order to become who we're meant to
1: be. Right. Right or more flexibility. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, if you don't think that your person holds on, well, what happens if you start losing something that you think is important, it starts going away. And then then the underpinnings of the person, then the fear comes up, those fears. It's when we're losing something Mm -hmm. that we recognize the more. And so, I don't know, the universe takes things away from us and we go like, oh, bad universe. But what, what's happening is we're, we're, we're learning you know, to let go of something and be more appreciative
0: mm-hmm.
1: of what we have.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I, I had a similar thought today, actually, in my own life, so that's just hit home. So thanks for that, David. Um, but, uh, so, so also over this time span, how has your relationship with nature changed?
1: Um, I think at the beginning, I looked at flowers as something um, like you look at in a in a lab, something to inspect. Mm and then there's a this this powerful force that pulls you in and so uh and then there's this quality of uh uh transference of thought energy or communication that the plants do and so um so nature is alive you know so the tree outside my window is the same as the trees in the forest and the flowers in my garden, um, even though they're all different, there's a, um, a need I have that they fulfill and something in me uh, thrives on it. So nature, and the interesting thing is, you know, nature isn't just plants, even though that's a world to itself, you know, nature is also people. We're part of the same fabric. And so sometimes some of the qualities of the flowers are uh, instilled in different people. Some people just seem to kind of exude nature, (laughs) exude the forest, or exude the fairy kingdom, lightness, or, or the opposite
0: hmm So um, back in those olden days when we used to, you know, get on planes and travel far places, <laughs> you used to make lots of uh, essences while you were traveling. And I'm wondering when you would go to, like you mentioned Uganda, I know Ireland and uh, Thailand. So um, all of these different countries, have you noticed that there were certain patterns or personalities in the plants of that area? Do you you understand what I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I started in 2005, right after the tsunami with a trip to Thailand. So I had this idea. You know, I read some books about orchids in Thailand and saw some incredibly beautiful exotic, seductive pictures. And so I said, I'm going to northern Thailand, where all of these things are growing. And I'm going to rent a Jeep and drive around the countryside and find them and make essences and send them back. That was my first of, um, I think, nine journeys. Well, it, first of all, nothing ever turns out the way I planned it. And so there weren't, there were barely any flowers. Period, growing in Thailand because, you know, people pick them. People pick them, dig them up, bring them into their backyards, and, and um, you know, Thailand is kind of overrun by tourists. And so, in the cities, you won't even see a flower unless you go to the flower show on Saturday. So I had to go way outside the city. The other thing I found out is you can't. Drive in Thailand, all of the streets are written in Thai. There's no way you can find yourself around. So I scrapped that idea and took taxis, which were these little motorcycles with three wheels and an extra seat, which were, I don't remember the name. But but what I discovered, so over the time I was there, which was several weeks, was more about Thailand and the Thai people. And how fervent their um, relation to Buddhism is, and um, so when I brought the flowers back, I found that same kind of imprint in the flowers. You know, this whole kind of fervency in Buddhism in the flowers. Um, so then the question was like, what what kind of imprint does each one of these countries have. Mm -hmm. And so in Uganda, it was more ancestral and we use those essences for ancestral things. I think the most fascinating for me was this, uh, the trip to Peru. I'm still looking for orchids, by the way. I mean, I did find, I think three orchids in uh, in Thailand, maybe four. Um, If you wanna see orchids, you go to the orchid Park, which is, you know, the, the vibration is really low in those places, so it wasn't making any essences there. But in Uganda, um, oh, Peru, uh, the most fascinating thing was when I started using the essences. We found that there were there was a presence associated with each one of the essences that you might call a shaman, and and so. Whenever we're doing any work on someone, some of those essences, when they accompany the work we're doing, people always see someone, they see someone, they go. And uh, so that, that's, then it, in uh, Ireland, the essences are, they're very, um, you know, the, the, the fairy kingdoms, very popular, very present in those, so um, Initially, I started off thinking, like, okay, what, you know, what are the flowers like in these, the indigenous flowers, and what, what are they going to get? But what I got was, you know, there's a whole impulse, you know, in each one of the flowers. Oh.
0: That's so interesting. It makes me wonder. Um, I don't even know if I can put it into words, but it's like, is, so is the the people are influencing the flowers so much? Like the, the thoughts of the people, the actions of the people, or is it that the, the plants around them are influencing the people so much? There's a
1: relationship, there's a relationship. Right. But, right. but which came first? I, right. I don't know, I think, you know, with each generation that passes, the, the plants are changing, they're evolving, as consciousness is evolving, mm-hmm. you know, the plants are evolving. So for instance, you know, Bach, said what he said you know, about you know, the personality and illness, but they didn't really have a kind of a scientific look at the personality. Like today, we all kind of agree, personality is built on experiences. You know, good ones and bad ones build the personality. Of course, there's something from heredity involved in there essentially there's a building. And if you wanna change the personality, you gotta go back and look at the building blocks. And that's something Bach didn't do. That's something the flowers don't do. However, you know, today we we have essences for, okay, if you wanna move, you wanna go back to this thing in your life and change it. Take take this flower and we'll bring it up. When it brings it up, this is what's gonna happen in your life, you know? Early on, people who were my students, We used to have these uh, study groups with flower essences and they would go, you know, work on a case and they'd come back and we'd get in a group. And there was this overwhelming thought, like if people feel better, you pick the right essence. If people feel worse, you've made a mistake. And we had to help change the paradigm a little bit, you know, to, you know, when you're growing, When you're changing, when you're developing, when you're evolving, things from the past have to come up. And when they do, it's painful. And what you can do with the essences is you can mitigate that pain and you can quicken the whole process, facilitate it. Let's see, did I answer your question? I'm not even sure.
0: Well, I don't know that you do. It's just something I'm pondering, you know, it's, but I think you're right. It is about the relationship of nature.
1: Um, the relationship. It, it's the, so, oh. so, I don't know. Fast forward 50 years from now, the vibrations of the plants will be different. The vibrations right. of consciousness will be different. Mm-hmm. There'll be a, a relationship between those two.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What, what came first? I don't know. I mean, the trees were here a long time before we were.
2: Right.
1: You know, we've been here hundreds of thousands. I don't know, maybe we got 8 million years for, like, trees, and then maybe some thousand for humans. Right. So what were they doing? They had a vibration, and people arriving, I think, were able to draw from that mm-hmm. so i think i'm going to say the plants have it first
0: well i mean that makes sense they're yeah. our ancestors they always evolved before us i mean it totally makes sense but um but it's just intriguing to me particularly about the buddhist imprint and i'm also thinking about my own experience in iceland and similar to when you say ireland and the fairies you know they the elemental beings have a very strong presence in iceland but part of that is because the people believe in them so if you you know believe in them and you have a relationship with them, of course it can be felt more than a place that people don't believe in them.
1: Well, I guess what I'd say is the people believe in them because they see them. True. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> true.
0: <laughs> um, so uh, you've mentioned orchids several times. So why the search for
1: orchids? It's just my favorite plant. They're so stunningly beautiful and mysterious, and there's so many different shapes and just some of them look like angels some of them look like animals and i just said so i I probably have mm, i don't know about 20 different orchids from around the world Mm -hmm. maybe we'll assemble those into a set
0: yes i I think you should (laughs) Um, so uh speaking of orchids there was an essence that i would like you to talk about which um and that's the one in ireland the um Is it the fly orchid?
1: Yes, yes. Um, Fly orchid is very rare. And um, they call it that because it looks like a a little insect that you might call a fly in there. Um, But it also looks like it has a helmet and goggles on too. Um, So I was traveling with um, Kate Gilday and Don Babineau Don who can find anything found after three, going there three times, he found the fly orchid, you know, we were ecstatic. And so we made the orchid and, you know, sometimes um, these essences sit around cause there are so many of them, you know, like I think the Ireland set it sat there for 10 years before I started working with it. The The fly orchid, you know, if you have a sense of the um, context that you're in or the ballpark that you're looking at, you can see easily. But you know, the fly orchid, whatever was happening was going, through, you know, nobody was feeling. It was like, well, I feel a little bit here and a little there and maybe. It's really... So I had a series of dreams about the fly orchid, which when I looked at, I mean when I held it, and close my eyes, I would see um, some people who are grossly overweight you know just like bumbling around and and um, so then uh, through to a, a lot more research which I won't go into at this point um, discovered that it affects the fat cells in the body and Think about the summa wrestlers and those people who are, if you Google the goddess of Malta, you'll see a very large woman, you know, on her side. And she was worshiped as the goddess of plenty. And back in those times, if someone was large, they had more weight, they were considered more blessed And they were considered to have more spiritual, um, you know, power. So now fast forward to this culture where we don't worship fat. We are afraid of fat. I mean, it's kind of taken us a long time from the cholesterol, don't eat fat, to like get to some balance about it. Well, your body needs a certain amount of fat a bunch of things but there's a thought form around fat that um, makes people afraid of it and because of that there's a block in the psyche where the fat is not used as it's um, meant to be used and that's as you know this the system when it needs to be healed can draw on that those fat cells for energy they contain a more condensed kind of energy that can be released so the fat so the uh, fly orchid which i was going to call the fat orchid it does a couple things it helps with this um, fear first of all and when it helps with the fear it helps the the body over time um, begin to transmute fat into energy So we give it to people who have issues that are mental, emotional uh, about it. And uh, someone enjoys being the size they are, then they have no need for it. Mm
0: -hmm. Thank you. I remember when you first told me about that essence. Well, we were just talking about this. This is almost two years ago. So it's been two years. I still keep thinking about this essence because I just keep thinking about how that thought form that we have around fat or fat being bad and yet fat is such an important part in our cellular functions right our building blocks it's our part of our brain so it's like we're bathing ourselves in hatred um
1: right yeah
0: yeah 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 so i just yeah that that essence became really profound for me and just thinking about how we can shift our own our own Ways in which we attack our own bodies without even knowing it. Right, right. Good. Um, so, before I open it up for questions, are there any other essences right now that uh, are popping up for the collective or can help in general people with dealing with life these days or that, it, or even amongst your clients, are really um, popular
1: essences? Well, um, we have to, um, see there are a lot, a lot of essences that we have that I think are very valuable and we can't advertise them for what they can do. And so we have to just say to people, Well, get on the mailing list and we'll send you um, a lot more, we're a lot more flexible about the information. But I'm always, when I find an essence that might even might affect a physical condition you know that's very popular then um, i go in that direction,
0: mm-hmm. in that direction.
1: So. Mm-hmm. so i'm looking at you know essences that may um, affect and protect the blood cells the red blood cells from being invaded mm-hmm. um, by outside viruses etc also, you know, looking for um, essences that kind of help people not get into um, like the fear and the polarities that are coming. You know, the, you know, the intense division that's um, in in the world. All of that, to me, all of the anything that kind of you know helps people talk and communicate and you know feel like they're part of a movement forward because we all are. This is all, this is all happening to kind of move evolution, consciousness forward and forward means towards more love, more love, more harmony, you know, between people, less greed, you know, less selfishness, um, less strife, less poverty. Mm. So, I don't know, that was a little vague, but that's my answer.
0: <laughs> That's okay. I did the thing that, you know, we just said it's not a good thing <laughs> to think about an essence for any particular issue or whatever. But um, I was just curious about how those are the directions
1: that we're going in. Try to just yeah. we respond, we're, I don't know, the button of consciousness is what moves things for us. We will never have, you know, a single set of essences that are for everything. We're always right. exploring. Sometimes yeah. I think, well, we have too many now. You know, things are, are new issues coming mm-hmm. and uh, we need new, either combinations of old things or mm-hmm. new flowers, there yeah. are thousands and thousands of flowers.
0: Yes, <laughs> there are, it's one of the beauties of this work is that you're never bored and you're never done.
1: No, I'm not bored and I'm not done yet, I'm not done yet. <laughs>
0: Um, So if anybody has a question for David, um, I see there's some already in the chat box here. So I'll ask, but also feel free to um, raise your hand or put in the chat box. So one is about shelf life for essences. Um,
1: Well, for uh, a mother essence. um, We
0: didn't talk about those differences. So do you wanna explain that real quick?
1: Yeah. Uh, The mother essence is the essence that you make in the garden, you know, it has the the water, the potentized water mixed with brandy. Use four ounce bottles for those dropper bottles. The stock bottle is the one you buy at the store. You know, know, that you pay money for. And then there's a dosage level if you combine five of these and put a few drops in in another bottle. That's called the dosage or the treatment bottle. So the mother essences just seem to last for years and years and years. And um, I have some from the 80s, you know, we test them regularly and um, we have some technology to potentize them if they get a little weak. Um, The stock bottles, if you take care of them, that means keep them they mostly like a cool place, but not a cold place like the refrigerator, They like someplace cool. If they're in a warm place, what happens is the, um, well, the brandy in it starts to emulsify and starts to deplete and it, it goes down. And I think that affects the potency of them. Um, on the other hand, you know, I found a set of essences in someone's attic that had been there for five years and they were all still fine it was still fine, including, you know, the brandy level. But just take care of them. I will say, if you are storing them someplace, don't put anything like incense or essential oils in with them, because they'll absorb the, um, they'll absorb the smell and the taste of the incense. And so you taste something you'll taste incense too, which is strange.
0: Yes, I have a set from, I don't know, 15 years ago from Dev Soul that uh, was when I was living in tents. And so there was essential oils in there and they all taste like clove essential
1: oil. Yeah, <laughs> so. uh, The other thing is, it, you know, we have, oh, you know, open a cabinet and there are dozens, maybe hundreds of bottles there. And we always feel like this cold air coming out. So there's something about them that generates some coolness too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: We'll put them in the sun. Don't put them near the radio. Don't leave them in your car when it's a hot day. And they'll be fine for years and years. Exact shelf life. No.
0: Sarah has a question for you.
2: I have about 500 questions, David, <laughs> but I will try and contain myself. I think it's because I'm so excited. I just have to like, let my excitement come out in words. Okay. The first thing I'm gonna say. And I also think in your talk, you answered many of my questions. Like I would have a question come up and then you would answer it further down the line. So my final questions, I think, are these. Are you noticing that there's a provenance, what I call a provenance to essences? Meaning, if you get orchid, a particular orchid from Taiwan, and then you get up to the same species uh, genus and species from ireland you've got two different signatures or two different medicines yeah i think so yeah okay yeah. awesome yeah. and then are you finding also that some I'm, I'm scanning my notes are you finding that some are redundant you were saying there's so many and that's what i find you know i'm like oh are you finding that some are redundant in, in ways that, 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 lo- that word sounds loaded, but they kind of, they have no purpose for the 2021 era that we're in or something. And tagged onto that, do you upgrade your essences? So the essence you made yesterday of dandelion um, will not necessarily be useful for dandelion. You know, you're going to make dandelion 2021. Basically, are you finding that too?
1: Well, that's a really interesting question. I guess I'd say that that bottle of dandelion that I made a long time ago, when I hold it and use it, it changes. (laughs) It changes. It changes. It's because, you know, we have this energy process that we call PET, Partnership Energy Transmission. One of the things that's important to understand is that all of this is partnership. Everything is kind of part of the same fabric, and we're just kind of forming these little tentacles towards each other. So I would say um, I would say that they're all just as relevant, just as relevant. But but there would be a change. There would be some kind of change. It's almost as if. Wherever this thing was going, this new flower has already arrived. Because the earth is changing, and I think the earth changes before we do.
2: You're blowing my mind. So are you saying that if I pick up my 2004 dandelion essence, words, some, something similar to this, because I am in some way part of the vector of the medicine making. Yeah. I If I hold it, then I will upgrade it. I'm doing this just so that... You know, there's no, not the right words. They're not the scientific or going see. to, yeah? Yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying, yeah. Cool, thank
2: you. Yeah. I'll stop talking unless nobody else wants to speak. Thank you, good questions, really good questions.
0: Thank you, Sarah. There is also a question, David, about the book you mentioned earlier, the channeled book. It's the Guru Das one.
2: Love yeah. Essences
1: and Vibrational Remedies by Gurudas. Um, there are over a hundred essences that, that are have some channeled information that's so valuable. <clears> There's <throat> a great story about how this book came to be, which we'll save for another time. But um, um I not everything in there do I understand, n- nor when I've use the essences do they perform the same way as it's written in here but there's a lot that have
0: well and there's also the um the gem essence books too which we didn't even talk about gem essences right. um but right. there, are yeah there's a series of i think two books right Gem essences
1: yeah yeah so i'm in the middle of writing a book for inner traditions that starts with bach and ends with four flower adventures you know in uganda thailand um, peru and honduras so it's a kind of like a yeah you know, that was then and what's happened between then and now and how we understand and use essences difference and then in the flower adventures
0: exciting ones that do out
1: yeah, um, well, I'm writing it now, so after I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: So um, another question of, can you make essences from other parts of plants?
1: Yeah, but will they be the same as the flowers? Probably not, probably not, because that flower is kind of an expression of something the roots are an expression of something else so I think you can make essences from all parts one student's making essences from tree bark right now they won't be the same but you can make essences from anything anything everything has a vibration
0: okay so one other question I wanted to ask because you in my experience you teach this a little differently than most and Sarah actually kind of hit on that and that's about the person making the essence. Um, I know that many places talk about um, trying to remove any interaction between the person and the essence. So could you talk a little about that please?
1: Uh, I I hope it doesn't come to that, you know, where they have some kind of conveyor belt, you know, and everything is done by machine, because you will you'll lose uh, the most important imprint, which is that that relationship imprint. You know, people making essences are people who are called to make essences. It's part of why you're here. You know, if you're here and you're thinking or you've made an essence, you're supposed to be doing that. Not everybody, you look around, there won't there's not a lot of people doing this. There are a lot more doing it than there were like 30 years ago when I started. So, did I answer? Or did I just... Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think I, the point is that you can't remove yourself, right? Would, you're, part, you're part of the process.
1: I don't know who came up with this idea that you should remove yourself or, or even that you should be in a good mood. You know, so imagine this like one time I went out and made an essence of um, black currant. Mm-hmm. And when I came to get it, there was a dead bee in it. So I threw it out. So the next year when it bloomed I did the same thing and there were two dead bees in it and I threw it out and the third year I went oh geez There's a dead bee you know I'm <clears throat> so the imprint of the essence is around you know fears related to death and um I kind of got it and so if someone's in a bad mood consider that the essences that you're going to make might have something to do with that mm-hmm. so relate it's all about relationship mm-hmm. relationship relationship don't remove yourself
0: it's impossible
1: <laughs> don't just you can try but I, I think right. that, yes, it's just 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 bring your joy and your curiosity and your love and your Awareness, bring all of those things there, and you, you come back with something you know that's priceless.
0: Well, and I think that's also important when you're looking to purchase essences that the that you resonate with the people who are making them, um, because you know I have many of my students well, and myself included. There are places companies that are really reputable that don't resonate, um, and so I don't work with those essences.
1: Right, I think there has to be some vital energy flowing through the the place. So people, you know, some people make a bunch of essences and they put them online and that's the end of their... Actually, some of them use other other people's essences to do this and make combinations. There's no vital energy in there. There's no research, there's no exploration. It's no inquiry. Think, when, when you say, what is a flower essence? You know, I hope I did say something that indicates like we don't know, <laughs> we don't know, we don't know. We're putting, because when we say what a flower essence is we, we're using the context of our own limited thinking which is changing. And so all they are, they're, they're agents that are moving us along if we want to. Hmm.
0: So I think this will be our last question. Do you you hear the nature spirits communicating with you and guiding you about the use of the plants?
1: Everyone does, everyone does. I just did a, um, a Zoom class on communicating with plants. And the question is finding like, how are you receiving the information? In English, you know, in words to you, or is it through feelings? Do you feel something? I remember. So, yes, everyone does. And everyone should develop, think about developing that. Where they should look first is uh, how am I getting information from the plants? How am I getting it? remember somebody in one class said to me, do you hear that plants talk to you? And I said, yes. And he says, will they talk to me? And I said, yes. And that day we're out in the garden and we're looking at the teasel plant, you know, which is, grows on a comb and it has these little belts that grow on it. And he was looking at it and he said, what would happen if you made an essence out of each of the belts? And I said, where did that thought come from? Where did it come from? <laughs> Which was a brilliant thought. So yes, but um, in lots of different ways. I think you know we have lots of faculties, sensory faculties, from you know visual to you know you know auditory and. I, I think um, we should look at our, what faculties we have and develop them, easy to develop. Plants are very eager to communicate. Great,
0: thank you, David. Any final words you wanna say before I close this out?
1: Um, I you know, just wanna encourage everyone who feels even the slightest, um, relationship to this work to, to delve into it, you know, with some earnest and and not to look at, did I get it right? Let me look at somebody else's definition because they started just where you are. And how did anybody know before there was any information? Well, the plants told them, plants will tell you. So, so delve in and take for granted what you're getting is real, genuine and if it's not the plants will correct it they'll correct it they will amen
0: thank you okay. so um if anybody wants to experience david's uh you do a davic healing oh, yeah. we call it davic healing temple is that what you call it david
1: yeah yeah
0: and they're free yeah. and it's a it's a group healing zoom session um and i think your next one's maybe august
1: 29th 29th, right august 29th um you can sign up on the website it's free Uh, you'll get a link and um, you just uh, click the link a few minutes beforehand what we do is what i do is show i usually pick five essences and usually they're all from one part of the world or from one particular set. And I do a little slideshow about, you know, what each essence is for. And then we shut off the cameras and people, and, you know, I put the essences in a little bowl of water and transmit them. And uh, people just, I wasn't sure how this was going to go. We've done, you know, half a dozen of these. and um, And we're getting some extraordinary, extraordinary feedback.
0: We joined a couple of them and maybe, I don't know, it wasn't the first month you offered it, maybe February or March. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, I've been doing this work for not as long as you obviously, but for a while. And it still just amazed me that the essences that you picked were perfect for what I was experiencing um, and what issues I was like, oh, I need help on this. And those were essences you brought, which, you know, it was amazing, so. Um, I do encourage, if you want to experience it, that's a great way of um, just having a little experience. And also, if anybody wants to learn more about his um, partnership energetic transmission that he talked about, you have a class coming up, another Zoom class coming up in September, I believe.
1: Yes, it's a two-session class where we show both how to, um, somebody comes with symptoms, you know, just to do some uh, dowsing or kinesiology to figure out what's, Behind them, and then um, you know how to how to actually do the transmission.
0: So you can find both of these, and you know all of David's incredible essences. And he has uh, webinars and classes online at his website, DeltaGardens.com, including some articles. You get on
1: the mailing list, you get information that we can't, you know, put out publicly.
0: And and they're great newsletters. So. Um, So I do recommend that, but again, that's Deltagardens.com. So um, I again, want to thank you, of course, David, always thank you. And thank you to everyone else who joined us today. And I invite you to join us next month for our teleseminar series on September 19th. This one is feeling deeply nourished through the earth element medicine with Kendra Ward. You'll be able to find this recording as well as all of our other teleseminar recordings on our own website, natureevolutionaries.com, as well as on Spotify and Apple iTunes. And while visiting our website, I encourage you to please press that donate button. Your donations help us to continue to do our work of creating educational opportunities and listening and to and building relationships with the living earth. Also, well on our website, please check out our Spoken Story series where our Vision Council member, April Thanhouser, Tanhouser, sorry, shares her love of folk and fairy tales. And this last one was the 12 Wild Swans, which is one of my favorites. Um, so again, until next time, I really do encourage you, as David said, to, you know, go have some experiences with the flowers and nature and um, go lighten your heart. The plants are there to help us and just see what you hear, see what you experience. Thank you everyone. Thanks for joining us today.